What's good, everyone? G Money Stacks, aka Lonely Nomad, aka the Greginator, aka the Rookie of New York, and I want to talk to you about Anchor and my show. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. I'll explain. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music intros, music outros, uploading episodes with unlimited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get sponsorships. It's everything you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show off the Meat Rat Change New York podcast, the unfiltered comedy show about the stories mixed with entertainment, music, real life segments, and much more. Now, where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, which is off the Meat Rat Chains NY podcast, alongside with my Instagram handle, gmoneystacks555 in Queens, and Queens, New York. To spell it out is O-F-F-T-H-E-M-E-A-T-R-A-C-K-C-H-A-I-N-Z, N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all in one word. Now, streaming platforms, in case you missed any of the episodes. We are on Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. And please don't forget that Off the Meat Rat Change New York podcast is on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. Let's go.
Five, four, three, two, one. Good evening, new listeners and current listeners. Thank you for joining us on this show today from all around the world, the USA, including areas of Long Island and the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. This is your host with the most, G Money Stacks, aka Lonely Nomad, aka The Greganator, aka Rookie Podcaster of Queens, New York. And you are now listening and tuning into Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast, episode 32. Now, if you're new, if you're new to the channel and and you missed any previous episodes whatsoever, don't worry, I got you. All you got to do is your part to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is G Money Stacks 555. Click the notification bell so you can be reminded of when the show goes on the air live. Upcoming episodes, previous recorded episodes, and also the, the recorded episodes that will be posted on the YouTube page. Be sure to like, share a comment with the episodes along with the topics. And also make sure you share the podcast with your friends along with audio streaming platforms, which I will go over at the end of the show. Now, unfortunately, Be Live can't be here today because he has a birthday going on. So I'm going to leave that to him. I hope he has fun. Happy birthday. Hope you have some fun, Be Live. Um, also, um, before, before we start, um, I do want to address something. So episode 28, 29 and 31 that I just recently recorded, um, this was just me trying to show my passion and confidence on, on how to be a great host of the podcast that I just created. I know it seems like I'm I'm a little off and stuff, but but I will address in a future episode about the slump that I've been going through. But right now, we're not discussing that today. So, so today's mental health check-in has to do with multiple personalities. And this goes to an actress who goes by the name of Anna Lynn McCord, who you may know from the previous show, Dial 210, the reboot. And according to youinterview.com slash news, um, Annalyn McCord has, has revealed that she was recently diagnosed with dissociative identity disorder, which is multiple, multiple um, personalities disorder, by the way previously known as multiple personality disorder. The 9210 star sat down with Dr. Daniel Amen to discuss her disorder. I am absolutely uninterested in shame, she said. There is nothing about my journey that I invite shame into anyone. And that's how we get to the point where we can articulate the nature of these pervasive traumas and stuff as horrible as they are end quote <clears throat> mccord 
who confirmed that she was diagnosed with DID prior to the interview stated that her acting roles were what brought her diagnosis to her attention. In quote, all my roles were splits, but I didn't even realize I was doing it at all until I did a project 9210. <clears throat> Although she didn't realize that something was off until she filmed Exism in 2012. I played a very cerebral, disturbed, strange little girl that was very close to who I feel I am on the inside, she revealed. It was very exposing, very comforting, probably a bit re-traumatizing with our re with with our realizing it, excuse me, in quote. The crazy thing about it was that I wrapped that film at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday and has to be happy. Crazy Beverly Hills blonde bombshell on Wednesday at noon, she added. I couldn't find her. She was not accessible. I was dark. I was very deep into this character, Pauline, and I couldn't get out. McCord also spoke of a time of being co-conscious of her true identity and another personality when she was 13 called Little Anna. She was a balls to a wall, middle fingers to the sky, anarchist from hell who will stab you with a spike ring that she wears and you'll like it. Then she'll make you lick blood from it, she recalled. She was very nasty little creature, but I have so much gratitude to her because she got me out of the hell that I was in. In 2014, the actress admitted that she was raped shortly after she moved to LA. The trauma from the experience led to her to face the physical abuse she received from her parents as a child. Pardon me for my belly making noise. Don't worry about that. <clears throat> after she had an eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing procedure done in 2018. She remembered that she was also sexually abused as a child. It went on for years up until I was 11. And then I have a memory, just a single out incident that felt like I was a little bit older than 11, McCord said. I had this burning, painful, horrible sensation in my groin area. My whole body started seizing, convulsing. I just laid there and tears streamed down my face. I just kept saying, no, no, because this is not my life. Okay. Let me let me just break down what this means. Um, for those of you who may or may not know, 
what the dissociative identity disorder is. It's previously known as multiple personality disorder. It's thought to be a complex psychological condition that is likely caused by many factors, including severe trauma during early childhood, usually extreme repetitive physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. What is dissociative identity disorder? Now that's today's mental health check-in subject. Now, now that we're done with that, um, let's go to the next topic. And by the way, um, this is, by the way, this is chatting on the jazz, by the way, in case new listeners didn't know. It's basically a, a, a sub, a, excuse me, it's basically a segment where we talk about topics every week that catches our interest. So, our next topic goes to, just give me a second. I do have the article. Do have the article. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Just bear with me, folks. Um, okay. All right, all right. Um, okay. Joe Rogan, right? Okay. So, according to menshealth.com, um, Joe Rogan had a backlash in regards to the things that he says, and it goes like this. After facing the backlash that reached all the way to Dr. Anthony Fauci, podcaster Joe Rogan has tried to clarify his recent community, no, excuse me, his recent comments about the COVID-19 vaccine. Unfortunately, he hasn't cleared up much other than as he puts it. That's my stomach, folks. I'm not a respected source of information, even for me. So the controversy began when on a recent episode of the Joe Rogan Experience, Rogan said that while he believes that the vaccine is safe, B doesn't think young, healthy people need it. If you are like 21 years old and you say to me, should I get vaccinated? I'll go, no, he said. That stance sparked plenty of online responses with critics recommending not listening to Joe Rogan for medical advice. Fauci agreed diplomatically, calling Rogan's take incorrect in conversation with today's Savannah Guthrie. Fauci went on to explain that even a young, healthy person can still contract the virus and risk infecting others. Simply being healthy doesn't mean you are immune. And as we pointed out in February, the last time Rogan was in the news for a misinformed stance on vaccines, even young, healthy people can have serious, long-lasting health consequences from COVID-19. <sighs> Man. 
In the latest episode of the Joe Rogan Experience, the podcaster underscored that he's not a source of well-considered information. Let's be real clear, he said at one point. When I say something stupid, I'm not thinking about what I'm saying before I say it. I'm just saying it. He went on to say that asking young, healthy people to get vaccinated, not for themselves, but for those around them is a different argument. And one he'd agreed with. He shared an antidote and that, uh, anyway, about nearly getting the Johnson & Johnson vaccine himself. Despite being healthy, um, Rogan at 53 is, oh gosh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, folks. Um, sorry about my belly. Um, I just ate, so just bear with me. All right. Um, yeah, in his words, old as fuck <laughs> before its administration was temporarily halted. In the segment, Rogan doesn't ever really admit he was wrong and talks around the, the main issue. Even outwardly healthy people should be getting vaccinated for their own and for those around them. And no matter how many times Rogan dis disavows the influence he has on his millions of listeners, his off-the-cuff comments certainly have an effect even if, as he puts it, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm I'm a fucking moron, as he puts it. Oh, boy. See, people like Joe Rogan is really, don't really know what, what they're talking about here. And I have to say that this is just flat out dumb on what he said. And I say dumb because he's no doctor. He's a he's a podcaster that doesn't know any better. So, and I do have another Joe Rogan story that I would like to talk about. But first, I'm going to give him a buzzer for this shit right about now. Um, Hold on a second, folks. Um, okay, here we go. That is not, that is not your choice to, to make for people when it comes to getting vaccinated. FYI, last time I checked, it is a personal choice. Um, speaking of personal choice. I do have another story about Joe Rogan that I would like to discuss. Hang on a second. Another Joe Rogan news. According to Newsweek.com, Joe Rogan caused something of a stir after his latest podcast in which the comedian said that woke culture would lead to silencing of straight white men. Speaking to comedian Joe List, 
on the latest episode of his Spotify podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, which the host says gets over 200 million downloads per month on the platform. Rogan expressed concern about not being allowed to talk due to his privilege. You can never, pardon my belly, folks, sorry about that. You can never be woke enough, that's the problem. It keeps going, Rogan said on Monday. It keeps going further and further down the line. And if you get to the point where you cap excuse me, um, capitulate, and you agree to all these demands, it'll eventually get to where straight white men are not allowed to talk because it's your privilege to express yourself when other people of color have been silenced throughout history. Um, so the 53 year old podcaster elaborated by saying that he thinks people will take advantage of woke culture by calling some out because others have it worse. It will be, you're not allowed to go outside. He added because so many people were in prison for so many. His guests started laughing and Rogan continued, I'm not joking. It really will get there. It's cr that crazy. Rogan eventually concluded that people just need to be nice to each other. The podcaster's comments have left some listeners scratching their heads as Rogan himself says he has millions of listeners as well as a Spotify deal estimated to be worth over 100 million according to the wall street journal someone tell joe rogan he got a 100 million podcast deal he's just he's doing just fine unless he lost his pen said comedian brandy posey huh <laughs> oh man oh no future generations might be robbed of rogan's puddle deep observations on the human condition stop it right now woke mob joke philip michaels journalist, <laughs> journalist at tom's guide while the nation journalist ellie mr asked can joe rogan point to one day in the in american history where straight white men shut the fuck up <laughs> oh oh if you if you start the clock in 1787, they've had roughly 85,500 opportunities to give it a rest for a day and have never once let the goddamn earth spin without offering an opinion. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Political commentary Twitter account, the Paul Murr Report, added, Meanwhile, Joe Rogan really thinks that straight white men are fighting for their right to continue being allowed to speak. He's that insecure about people in the demographics finally get a shot at an equal voice. What a fucking loser. Some Twitter users pointed out that despite his large platform, 
a number of the Joe Rogan Experience episodes were removed from Spotify. Conservative commenta commentator Tommy Loren defended Rogan, tweeting, Well, Joe Rogan is right. It's open season on straight white men, and y'all need to stop bowing to the mob. Stop apologizing for being straight white men. <laughs> Rogan is no stranger to controversy. In April, he sparked fierce debate for saying that young people don't need to worry about the COVID-19 vaccine if they are healthy. Okay. Before I get to the next topic, I'm going to have to go on a little a little bit of a, of a damn tangent on this motherfucker. Who is he to tell somebody not to worry about the COVID-19 vaccine? You fucking idiot. We are in the middle of a we're in the middle of a dilemma because of this coronavirus that's going on. And for you to tell somebody to to basically say that to say that they're healthy and they don't need it. First of all, you don't get to choose, all right? And I hate to say this, I don't really agree on the things that he says. So, there goes nothing. And look, man, the more of the stories, I'm more for having opinions and stuff. But at the same time, but at the same time, if you're not a doctor and you don't know what you're talking about, man, you need to really, to you really need to shut the fuck up. That's all I'm saying. If you don't know something, just 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 research what just research what the topic's going to be talked about. That's all I'm saying, man. I'm gonna put a button on this shit right now, man. And I'm gonna give him and I'm gonna give him an applause for what I'm saying. All right, you got a part of me in my stomach. It it does that all the time, so don't worry about that. Just bear with me, all right? Just bear with me. Um, our next topic is going to be. Ooh, let's go to Disney, shall we? Before we even go to, the, let's go to Disney. By the way, um, let's see. Um, all right. So is Disney really going broke? Um, so let's see. Let's see. Is Disney going broke? Sorry about my belly, folks. I do apologize. I do apologize for that. Um, Let's go to, okay. Um, so we are going to go to this website here called the investmentwatchblog.com. And this is what the story goes right here, right? Um, hold on. Where in the hell? Wait. Where's the damn article? 
just bear with me, folks. Just trying to look for some more informa- information about why Disney's going broke. Um, Walt Disney bankruptcy. Here we go. Um, okay. According to bankruptcy.uslegal.com, um, Walt Disney, the famous cartoon creator, filed for bankruptcy in 1920 after one of his man's client filed for bankruptcy. In the year 1920, Disney formed his first animation company, Laughagram Studio, in Kansas with the intention of making animated fairy tales. Laughagram found a financial backer in New York, and Disney began building up his staff of animators. However, the backing firm went broke, and Disney has no long, was no longer able to pay his employees or his debts. The company filed bankruptcy and lost Laughagram. Wow. Wow. In <clears throat> in the year 1920, Disney formed his first animation company, Laughagram Studio in Kansas, with the intention of making animated fairy tales. Laughagram found a financial backer in New York, and Disney began building up his staff of animators. However, the backing firm went broke and Disney was no longer able to pay his employees or his debts. Jeez. Anyway. Anyway. Um, in 1923, formed a new company with a loan from his parents and his brother. In 1928, he created Mickey Mouse, um, which took his career to new heights. Um, Hang on a minute. It's gotta be more. There's gotta be more to this story about um why they going broke. There's gotta be more to this story, man. So there's gotta be more to this story. Um. Okay. This is a this is a better website. So according to the postmillennial.com. Um, basically, the article entails the Walt Disney Company revealed that revenues are down more than six hundred thirty-six million million in the second quarter, as second quarter of twenty twenty-one, as compared to the first. Um. All right. It was only a few months ago that Disney canceled one of its star actress because they didn't like comments she had made on social media. Shortly after that, it was revealed their intern, excuse me, internal corporate process is heavily influenced by critical race theory. And now their revenue have dropped from Sixteen point two hundred forty-nine billion to to fifteen point six hundred and thirteen billion dollars. Jeez, 
Damn, that's a lot of money. Damn, I, whoa. I can't be surprised about that one right there. Um, this includes re this includes revenue across the entirety of the Disney universe, from parks to merch to television and movies. According to Bounding into Comics, Disney CEO Bob Chapek wrote, including these words in the beginning of the financial report. We're pleased to see more encouraging signs of recovery across our businesses, and we refrain excuse me, we remain focused on ramping up our operations while also fueling long-term growth for the company. Huh. I'm not so sure about that one right there, man. That's, I don't know about that one right there. <clears throat> that right there, I can't be too sure about that, man. Losing money for a company like Disney it has to be very alarming. And I'm, I'm like, listen, you have a company like that sometimes be making bonehead decisions. And you know how I feel about bonehead decisions when it comes to when it comes to companies like that, though. But anyway. But anyway. um, OK, so this clearly, if I'm not mistaken, hold on. All right, this clearly reflected in the reopening of our theme parks and resorts, increased production at our studios, the continued success of our streaming services, and the expansion of un unrivaled portfolio of multi-year sports rights deal for ESPN and ESPN+. Um, the only area in which Disney has shown any improvement has been Disney Plus. In this area, they have added a net total of 8.7 million subscribers this quarter, going from 94.9 million to 103.6 million subscribers. Even though, no, excuse me, even then, that growth marks the slowest pace of quarterly additions since the streaming service launched in the final quarter of 2019 and is significantly below their original target of $109 million. Hold on for one second. That's a lot, man. <laughs> That's a lot of money, man. <laughs> oh, man. Disney has come under fire by critics in past months for everything from firing one of their starts of the best shows for purport purportedly purely political reasons to getting cozy with the totalitarian Chinese government in order to film Mulan in region where slave labor and human rights abuses are common. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Man. 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 Sorry, Disney. 
that's one of the most boneheaded decisions that I ever heard in my life. Like, come on. I ain't going to stay on this for too long, so I got another one that I want to get to. Um, The next topic I want to get to is, and I always wanted to talk about this too. This has to do with Steve Harvey's old interview. And I'm sorry about my belly, folks. I can't, I can't really do nothing about that. If you're hearing it, I'm sorry about that. Let me get a drink. Okay. According to Insider.com, article goes like this. Steve Harvey once said that he's incapable of having a platonic relationship, relationship with women, adding that... 99.9%. <laughs> oh man, he said nine he said 99.9% of men feel that way about women they are attracted to. In the clip from a 2010 interview which appears to have first resurfaced when TikTok user Helen Helen Erison posted it in March and circulated further when it was reshared to Twitter last weekend. The family feud host is seen weighing in on purely platonic relationships. No, friendships, excuse me, between men and women during an appearance on the CNN show Face to Face. All my men are men. All my friends are men. I don't have female friends. I'm incapable of that, Harvey says in the video, which has racked up over 16 million views on TikTok at the same at the time of writing. What do you mean, host Frangica Whitfield can be heard asking off camera? I want to know why. <laughs> you are an attractive woman, Harvey responds. There are some guys somewhere saying, yeah, we're friends. No, that's not true. He's your friend only because you have made it absolutely clear that nothing is happening except his friendship we have. He continued. We remain your friends in hopes that one day there'll be a crack in the door. A chink. <laughs> A chink in the in the armor and trust. <laughs> the crack in the door. Hold on, folks. Hold on. All right. All right. Um all right. Um Harvey added that he thinks that the main, the man in the scenario that he's describing will slide in that crack. <laughs> the crack in the moment he gets the opportunity to turn the platonic friendship into a romantic relationship. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
It is unclear if Harvey has changed his views on friendships between men and women or made any new female friends since the CNN interview with Whitfield aired in 2010. <laughs> oh my gosh. Harvey's representatives didn't immediately respond to Insider's request for comment regarding the old interview and its re reappearance on social media. Social media users said women deserve more respect after watching the video featuring Harvey. Some social media users disagreed with Harvey's comments on men's inability to be platonic with women, while others respond with humor. Say, I only see women as <laughs> sexual objects without saying, without saying it, one Twitter user wrote. One person tweeted that Harvey was doing a disservice to how men are perceived by portraying them as incapable of intelligent thought. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man. Another said that they remember thinking that men and women couldn't be friends in middle school, implying that they changed the opinion since then. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I got so much to say about this. It's vile if you view friendships with women as a waiting game for something more in the future, a Twitter user wrote. <laughs> so this person on Twitter says, guess I'm the exception. I have many female friends, some for decades. Yeah. <laughs> it's vile if you view friendships with women as a waiting game for something more in the future. That That's very creepy. Women deserve more respect from men. Some simply called Harvey's take on men's inability to be friends with women unsolicited advice and labeled it as bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> oh shit <laughs> oh shit <laughs> oh my gosh so this, so this part this twitter handle um said steve harvey is that weird uncle that stay trying to give unsolicited advice and calls you hard-headed when you don't listen that's that's pretty true over on tiktok helen a reason received over 44,000 comments since they first posted the decade-old interview clip of harvey on march 19th oh my gosh why he snitching one user joked in the comment section see my See, here's my thing. What if you never found them attractive in the first place and just thought they were cool? Another road. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me just say this right here. Let me just say this. Um... In my experience of me being in, being in school, like high school and and college, 
I did have I did manage to make some friends with women. Now I don't really agree what he said, what he said to be exact. Look, I'm all for having opinions. You know what I'm saying? But this one, <laughs> this one right here, to say that he's incapable of having female friends. <laughs> I'm Yo, this is a laughable story that I'm listening to right now. Oh my God. <laughs> this is so laughable right now. I, I'm sorry for laughing, but I had to laugh at this, man, because this is crazy. This is this is kind of bullshit to me. Like, this is not true to me. And I and I'm saying this because of the fact that with my experience of being friends with female friends, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it has to do with your approach. You know what I mean? It's all about your approach. It's not about being a pimp and it's not about being being in, in a competition with other guys to see who gets the who gets the best women who just because they got a big Chipotle ass or something like that. Like, come on, man. Those days are long gone. The moral to this story is you got to be yourself. You can't use corny like macaroni pickup lines. It doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? And I hope and I hope the listeners and new listeners um learn in the in the particular story that I just read just now that it's all about it's all about you. It's not about it's not about everybody else. Like you gotta really know how to pick your words and stuff. As far as how you're gonna approach a woman, like if you do it in a polite way, you get cool brownie points. If you're using corny like macaroni pickup lines, you're losing cool brownie points. You know what I mean? I hope you understand what I'm saying. Because I'm just <laughs> I haven't had a laugh like this in a very long time. Oh man. Yeah, this that that was a good story right there, man. Um so <laughs> another story that I just added to this episode. Oh my gosh. It's going to it's going to it's going to make you scared out of your mind. This has to do with people eating cicadas. Are you serious? You mean to tell me you get to eat cicadas? That's like saying a motherfucker is going to tell me that cicadas taste like chicken, just like somebody eating roaches. Well, that's not true. I can't really imagine myself eating, eating cicadas or roaches, by the way, which is both gross right now. I'm sorry, man. That's the most ridiculous idea that I ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is too funny. Oh man. And the reason why I bring up the cicada um story is <laughs> it's because. I'm watching Good Day New York this morning or or yesterday morning. 
and they was talking about how you know people are boiling cicadas, which I just find is so gross, man. Like, why? Why are you? Why are you eating cicadas for? It don't taste like chicken. Don't be fooled if somebody tell you that cicadas and roaches just taste like chicken, because that's that's gonna be a fucking no for me. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> oh man, according to the New York Post. Um let me just let me just um start from the beginning. So eating trending brood X cicadas. What the bug recipes taste like? What? <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Let me let me just read this article to you guys, man. Hold on. So, according to the article that I'm about to read to you, they are the getaway bug into the intoxicating, crunchy world of insect eating. Why? I don't understand. Why? Why are you doing this? Like, this is this is crazy. This is crazy, man. <laughs> I'll be scared of the cicadas any day of my life. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, okay. At the wine dormant for nearly 20 years, the, the cocoa phone is Broad X cicadas have finally emerged on the East Coast. Oh, damn. Oh, my gosh, man. I'm sorry, man. This is crazy. Why in the hell would they be on the East Coast? I'd be there for the shitting in New York right now. Now, <laughs> I'll be scared. For life, if I see a cicada, but anyway, at the line, oh man, at the line dormant for nearly twenty years, the the the, the cat phonus broad X cicadas have finally emerged on the East Coast, but this time around, the most adventurous among us won't be satisfied merely hearing the def the deafening critters. Some are preparing to cook these trending buggers up like a terrestrial crawfish broil. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That shit is disgusting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you want to eat? The females because they they are full of eggs. Gene Kritsky, author of Periodical Cicadas, the the Brood X edition, told the Post, ditching the tired, ditching the tired, just like chicken comparison. He analyzed 
their flavor to something more than cold asparagus. What? Rewind. This guy said, you want to eat the females because they're full of eggs. Gene Krisky, author of Periodical Cicadas, the Brood X edition, told the Post. Ditching the tire just like chicken comparison, he analogized their flavor to something more like cold asparagus. Ew! Nah. (laughs) Oh, man. Now a small but hungry crowd of intrepid epicures are headed towards the forests of the East Coast and Midwest to catch the insects, which only emerge every 17 years. Every 17 years is a lot. Um, The creative cooks are generating an intriguing buzz, both online and in the flesh, for the malign pastime of bug eating. We, too, decided to put our taste buds to the Test and sample these cyclical delicacies for ourselves. Hakuna Matata. Right? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry, folks. I'm just having a ball with these with this last story. <laughs> the post the post cicada. Cuisine fiction was Joseph Yoon, private chef and founder of Brooklyn Bugs. Are you fucking kidding me? Brooklyn Bugs? No. No. <laughs> I'm not eating no damn bugs from Brooklyn. You crazy as hell, man. <laughs> Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, man. The creative cooks. Wait, hold on. Excuse me. An animal insect advocacy group that tarts bugs as a sustainable source of protein. (laughs) As if. Shit. Protein. Protein my ass. (laughs) Oh, shit. The diehard entomop, entom, anyway, E N T O M O P H A G I S T. If you don't know what that means, I'll look it up later. So just bear with me, folks. Yes, there, there's a word for bug eater, has been accompanying. Researchers on cicada foraging excursions in New Jersey with the goal of harvesting hundreds of thousands of samples for the pot, he told the Post. We're going to be creating dishes and ideas around cicadas that have never been seen before, said Yoon, who charges who charges upwards of $750 for his private non-cicada meals. What? Really? 
750 for his private non-cicada meals. Are you serious? That's that. I don't know about that one, but <laughs> oh man, he's currently looking into holding events about the bugs for the public. Oh gosh, but the Gorman grace grace graciously agreed to hold his inaugural <laughs> inaugural brood x banquet by my apartment in brooklyn <laughs> he where he treated us to a customized eight course periodical cicada sampler oh my gosh as it was early in the cicada season at the time of eating he served the nymphs the veal-like first stage that lacks the wings of an adult. Oh, gosh. Praying we didn't have any unforeseen cicada allergies, we tucked into the bug Bonanza. First down the, the hatch, blanched adamine being sprinkled with sea salt, the savory Japanese condiment furikake, and of course, cicada nips fried to perfection. Oh gosh, no! Who the hell's gonna eat cicadas, man? <laughs> I don't see none of my friends eating that shit. Uh, uh, no way, man. <laughs> no way. I'm sorry. That's not gonna happen, man. <laughs> oh man! Despite resembling. The, the cicated prawns, they tasted plump and nutty and paired especially well with a crisp lager. Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord. Next up were insect eggs, fried baby cicadas <laughs> that you place art, art, artfully atop uh, a half of boiled quail egg. A dish he described as symbolizing spring. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Sorry about that. That's not what I meant to press, though, man. That's not what I meant to press. Did this guy, did this person say fried baby cicadas that you place artif artfully atop? A half a boiled egg, a dish he described as symbol symbolizing spring. You got to be kidding me. I'm sorry, but this is <laughs> oh my goodness, man. This is just a terrible, terrible idea, man. And 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 this this idea right here is going to get flushed. Okay, um, all right. <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man. Um, careful that has some kick. You and caution as we down a whole spoonful. Oh gosh, the bug cook followed it up with garlic cicadas and potato leek soup, <laughs> then cicada kimchi with black rice. <laughs> Followed by pick, pickled cicadas. 
those cages. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> Pickle cicadas? Really? Nobody's gonna eat that shit, man. <laughs> Nobody in the right state of mind in, in their lifetime is gonna eat something like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. Follow oh wow. Pickle cicadas with sick and tofu and gochu peppers and rams. I'm sorry for laughing, folks. A far cry from the scorpion. <laughs> what? Scorpion? What? Wait, 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 wait. Oh my gosh, scorpion lollipops? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh boy. Oh my god. That's so oh my goodness. Oh man. Um a far cry from the scorpion lollipops sold at museum gift shops. These intricate eats seem like they could be served at a Michelin, Michelin restaurant. <laughs> oh man, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. <laughs> this is a bad idea. <laughs> Michigan started restaurant. <laughs> That's because you wanted to create authentic, non-gimmicky dishes that would help Westerners appreciate the cicada's natural flavor. He said, oh man, in case in point, a fried brown rice with cicadas, which the Epicure said contributed the umami essence normally provided by shrimp and other crustaceans, their close relative. People with shellfish allergies are often allergic to cicadas, he warned. Okay, that part might be true. Cicadas weren't the only creepy crawly in the lineup. You served a Japanese wasp. Sake, not murder hornets. Oh, no. No, not the murder hornets. Not the murder hornets, man. Please don't tell me you're gonna have people eating murder hornets too. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, oh shit. Oh shit. That evoked the contents of a yellow jacket trap. But the delicacy was surprisingly refreshing, and the flotilla of insects served as built-in bar snacks. We concluded the meal of cicadas, cocoon, and 
Val Ron and Dark Chocolate. <laughs> Festoon with gold leaf. <laughs> it tasted like Nestle's Crunch Bar with the nymphs of pinch hitting of Chris Rice. <laughs> oh, shit. Our meal was just a small sampler. In the coming weeks, Yoon told the Post he plans on collecting the cicadas in all the life cycles from egg to adult. We're going to have cicada caviar. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Cicada caviar? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh man, that does not sound that does not sound good at all. I lost my appetite on this one, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um said the edible insect ambassador who urged artists to partake in the harvest. Fortunately, collecting has never been easier thanks to Cicada Safari, an app created by Kritsky um, that tracks Brood's X whereabouts by having bug enthusiasts upload pics of where the critters have emerged. Once at a Cicada hotspot, foragers should look out for lots of holes around the size of your pinky. The cicada expert explained, their occupant come out by the hundreds in the evening when the ground temperature hits 64 degrees Fahrenheit. It's important that you get them when they are all white, said the bug researcher. <laughs> who also the Dean of Behavioral and Natural Sciences Sciences at Mount St. Joseph University in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's when they are coming out the shell. If you ever had a lobster where you take the exoskeleton off the tail, it's got like this thick, creamy-like layer, described Kritsky. Um... <laughs> That's also ex exoskeletal material that hasn't hardened yet. He advised getting their bodies on ice immediately. Immediately. Excuse me, folks. Um, since after three hours, um, three hours, their once tender shells hardened to the conspiracy of shrimp tail. And while the entomologist encouraging cicada consumption might seem akin to Jane Goodell giving out chimp recipes, what? Wait, 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 wait. Chimp as short as chimpanzee? Are you serious? No, no, no. I'm sorry. 
but this is one of the dumbest ideas I ever heard in my life. Oh man, this is the far dumbest idea I ever heard for food like this at a restaurant. I'm sorry for laughing, but this is ridiculous right there. But um, <laughs> researchers feel that the practice conversely promotes cicada conservation by increasing their visibility to humans, according to you. He believes that su supplementing our diet with bugs is becoming increasingly crucial due to environmental concerns. Are you nuts? Are you fucking nuts? What does eating bugs and cicadas got to do with the environment? <laughs> if you really cared about the environment as far as like the pollution and all that, that's that that's a different story. But come on, man. You cannot tell me that that having cicadas is gonna really solve the environmental problem. Anyways, any fucking ways. Um the real purpose and motivation behind the work that we're doing is to address food security, said Yoon, who's hosted insect cooking demonstrations at institutions from the Smithsonian to the Staten Island Museum to focus on how we can sustainably produce enough protein in 2050 when we're going to have 9.5 billion people on Earth and without depleting our water. Oh boy. Indeed, research shows that crickets, which I don't eat, by the way, so I want to try it at home, folks, <laughs> pack more protein per pound than beef and require at least six times less feed, the Atlantic reported. Get the fuck out of here. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yo, yo, man. I'm not eating no damn crickets. I am not eating no fucking cicadas. I am not going to be having that with green eggs and ham or any other type of shit whatsoever right now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. However, unlike many countries where entomophis, whatever. E-N-T-O-M-O-P-H-A-G-Y. Um, I'll look this up later. Is the norm. The U.S. still remains resistant to grabbing some grub. Insects have a potential of being a major food source, said Krisky. It's just our sensibilities in the West that we don't like to eat bugs. You think? <laughs> You think? Come on, man. <laughs> we eat shrimp. We eat lobsters. We eat arthropods. Not sure what that means, but I digress on that one. Like a cicada, he hopes we can finally break out of our shell. Okay. Then you talk about cicada cookies. What? Whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Rewind. 
Am I seeing this correctly? Did they say something about cicada cookies? You got to be shitting me, man. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the whole cicada cookie thing, man. But I do want to touch on a particular particular segment that, that I haven't done in a minute. So this is going to go to... This is going to go to the people who recently just had a clothing line. And I will have to add, this is called the Black-Owned Shout-Out Trendsetters. Basically, it's a subject subject um, segment where we recognize all the Black people who have their own businesses. And this goes to the people who recently opened in West Nyack, Long Island called Time to Close. And I will read what they're about to, so just bear with me, folks. All right. Um... Hold on. Sorry about that. Um, I don't know what my memory just came in. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, anyway, time to close was created for t- today's female and male fashion trendsetters around the world. We opened our first storefront. August 2016 in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Whether you are from New York or Texas, you look will always command attention. Wearing styles sold at time to close. We have currently expanded our online store to retail luxury furs. Our fur coats are custom made and designed by order and will always be be informed during the production process. Our products will give you an edge, set you apart, and will always get, keep you on on trend. Wear T2C with confidence and effortless style. If you are ever in the Pennsylvania area, stop by our storefront to say hello. Um. They are located in Time to Close, which is 51 Crystal Street, East Strasburg, Pennsylvania, 18301. And of course, you could of course you could check out their website, which is time to close.com, where you where they have like the, the different types of um clothes, jackets, um hoodies. You just you just name it though. And you can follow them on Instagram, which is T2C Time to Close on Instagram. And they recently opened in the Palisades Mall in West Nyack, Long Island, New York. So if you so if you're in the New York area of Long Island and you want to check out Time to Close, you could you could go to the Palisades Mall 
to to check out their products. So their website is www.timetoclose.com. All right. So with that being said, um, that's gonna do it for the show. Um, I don't know why my mother came in and interrupted me and stuff like that. Don't know why, but I digress. Um, I do um want to say before I even wrap up here, um, I do apologize for the interruption of of my mother who just came in the room while I was recording. Um, so don't don't really worry about that one right there. Um, that was something I just needed to address. Um, where you can, where you can follow the podcast you, you ask on streaming platforms in case you miss any previous episodes. Um, we are on Podorama. We are on Anchor. We are on Spotify. We are on Audioburst. We are on Deezer. Tune in. Player FM. Podchaser, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Breaker, Listen Notes, Google Podcasts, and don't forget to listen to Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast on Amazon Music, along with iHeartRadio, and last but not least, the YouTube. All the listeners and viewers that's watching on YouTube, I need y'all to... I need y'all to do your part by subscribing to the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555. Click the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes on the air, upcoming episodes, more video content. Leave a like and a comment. Be sure to download your favorite episodes along with the along with um the topics. And also, um, leave a five star rating on the on podchaser.com in the link. That way, we can we can um get some feedback. Your feedback matters. Um, so where so where you can find where you can find um me, you can find me on the gram, which is G Money Stacks five fifty five in Queens, New York. Alongside with the podcast page, which is um off the meat rat chains ny podcast, and on Instagram as well. That's off the meat rat chains ny podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Instagram. All right. Um, like I said, I do apologize for the interruption of my mother. Um, she didn't know that I was recording an episode so i would like to say i'd like to say thank you to everyone that was listening and and rocking with us also um i do want to add this i do want to add this though um before i wrap if you would like to make a generous donation um, all you gotta do is go to the link in the bio and and go to the section where it says 
support the podcast by making a donation. It's going to take you to an area where it's going to ask for debit cards. Another way you could donate to support the podcast is going to my cash app, which is dollar sign G money stacks 555. That's dollar sign G M O N E Y S T A C K Z 555. We're not asking you to break the bank to make us happy, but, but all you got to do is your best and what you can afford. Um, like I said, like I said, um, thank you for listening and tuning in and thank you for tuning in and listening. I would like to actually say, I do apologize once again for the interruption of my mother. So with that, with that being said, I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for rocking with us. Peace and one love. Listen, if you like what you heard, all you got to do is follow the podcast, comment about the topics and what you thought about the episodes of Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram so you can be a part of the discussions for each topic every week. Plus, if you would like to be a guest co-host to chime in on topics, topic ideas, interviews, whether you are a rapper, singer, black-owned trendsetter that has a business, producer, actor, actress, doctor, DJ, VJ, radio personality, podcast host, other career fields, need advice that you want us to read on the air like a chain letter about anything, you can email the show at Off the Meat Rat Chains NY Podcast at gmail.com o-f-f-t-h-e-m-e-a-t-r-a-c-k-c-h-a-i-n-z m-y-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com now where you can follow us is on facebook and instagram which is all in one word 
which is off the meat rat chains ny podcast alongside with my instagram handle g money stacks 555 in queens new york that's g m o n e y s t a c k z 555 i n q u e e n s n y that's G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, in case you miss any of the episodes, don't worry. I got you. You can download your favorite episodes, like, subscribe, show the podcast some love with a five-star rating. We show our realness as far as the subjects being discussed in the conversations we have in each episode of the podcast inspire motivate sense of humor is an important key here because i believe laughter is the best medicine when it comes to dark times we want the show to be the safety net of putting a smile on your faces whether it's having bad days losses of loved ones work and other difficult challenges The show will be there for you no matter what you are going through. You are not alone in this case. Be sure to comment on the episodes with the topics. Share the podcast and streaming platforms of of Anchor, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Breaker, Deezer, Pocket Cast, Podchaser, Listen Notes, Player FM, Podorama, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, Audio Burst. And don't forget, you can find Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and the YouTube. Plus, don't forget to subscribe to the channel page, G Money Stats 555. Click on the notification bell. So you can be reminded of when Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast goes on the air live, upcoming live stream episodes, previous recorded episodes, like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the podcast, including the streaming services with your friends. I'm Gene Money Stacks, and thank you all for listening, tuning in, sticking around with us and watching us on YouTube. And let's keep the views going and the subscribers going on the YouTube. Thank you. One love.